We've had an awesome week, weekend of services. God has been moving. Just the excitement, the faith that is even being built in our own lives to see other people touched, just being in the presence of God, worshiping Him, is just such an amazing thing. And as we, the church, gather together and as our faith continues to grow, we're going to see this city changed and transformed for Jesus and by Jesus because it's, it's through His power in us that is going to make the difference. And that's kind of what my message is going to go along the lines of, is a, a word of encouragement to us as a church for the disciples here, for the ones that are plugged into the ministries, that are continually coming to the church and wanting to grow. We cannot get weary in doing good. We cannot get weary in going out and evangelizing. We cannot get weary in telling our friends and our family and our neighbor and our neighbors about the goodness of God, about the, the good news of the gospel. The good news of the gospel is that we are saved by faith through his grace. And it's nothing that we can do to earn it. And so I want to encourage us today here, not only for this weekend, but what is to come. Just like how Ricky said, this is just the beginning of what we as the church of Metro Praise want to see in our services, what we want to see in our ministries. We're not the type that just wants to do things in the four walls of this building, we go out into the streets and pray for people to be healed continually. All throughout the week, we're doing that. People getting set free from demons in our own services, but not even in the building. They're getting set free in their house. And our leaders are there. And they're getting delivered and set free from the power of the devil because God is alive and his word is being exalted wherever we go. So if you can turn your Bibles to the book of Mark, Chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, is going to be the passage of Scripture that I'm going to be reading from. And what we're going to learn from this passage of Scripture is a story of blind Bartimaeus receiving his sight. And yes, I want to focus on the awesome miracle that God healed this man. This man named Bartimaeus, God healed him. He was blind, and then his, he can see. And that's awesome, but there's so much more that we as a church right now are going to take from this passage of Scripture and apply it to our generation. Because if our generation just had a portion of Bartimaeus' heart, a portion of his faith, a portion of his desire, we would see miracles happening all the time. But the problem with our generation is, is that they're not hungry for God. They're hungry for a lot of other things. And they're blinded to their own condition And so if we can just begin reading in verse 46, it says, Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, and Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him. And told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. 
My first point to you today is from verse 47. Because when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, what did he do? He shouted and said, Jesus, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. That is the heart that we want our generation to have. And sadly enough to say that today, that is not the response we hear from people's mouth when we tell them about Jesus. What is the reaction that you guys have heard from people when you tell them about God and you tell them about the good things that Jesus is doing and that they have to get right? It's not the response that Bartimaeus had when he heard Jesus was passing by. Our heart is that the loss of our world, the loss of this generation, cries out and says, God, have mercy, that they fall to their knees in front of us because of the conviction of the Holy Spirit and say, what must I do to be saved? But today, our generation is not saying that. What they do is curse us out and curse Jesus out when we talk about him. They get angry. How many of you guys have been on the streets or of talking to a family member, there's just so much anger that rises up inside of them. They don't think they need Jesus. Many don't even believe Jesus ever existed. And if they do at best, they believe that probably he was a good teacher and had some nice things to teach, but he's no different than Buddha or Muhammad or any of the other ones that had these, you know, messages for us. He's no different. And the religious spirit pipes up. Bartimaeus knew his condition. Bartimaeus knew he was blind. And that's the problem with our generation today. As you guys turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, we have to understand that our generation is blind too. And not in the physical, but spiritually they are blind. And in order for us to continue to preach with boldness, to be able to pray and intercede and gather together as a congregation to stand at the gap for them, we have to understand this important fact right here. See, because Bartimaeus knew his condition, he was driven to Jesus. He knew that when Jesus was passing by because he had heard about Jesus before, because Bartimaeus knew about his condition, he cried out. Our generation doesn't know that they're blind. They don't know that they're lost, and this is why. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says, The God, lowercase g, the God of this age, speaking of the devil, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Our generation is blind today. That is their condition We need to pray that our generation has a heart like blind Bartimaeus. That when they hear that Jesus died on the cross for their sins, and when they see you preaching on that same corner, on that same street, and they know that you're going to be there again on Saturday, again by their bar, that something inside of them will stir up and say, you know what, i got to get my life right with God. My condition is not right right now. I am a sinner. I'm on my way to hell. I feel the flames of hell upon me right now. Jesus, have mercy on me. That is our heart's cry for our generation. We passed out 20,000 flyers for this weekend. The only way people will come to Jesus is if they know their condition 
And they're driven by their desperation because nothing else in this world is going to meet their need. So our, my first point is that our generation needs to have a heart like blind Bartimaeus. And it's through our prayers that that's going to happen. It's through us binding up the enemy, telling and commanding the devil to unblind their eyes, to unblind the minds of the unbelievers so that when we do preach to them, that when we do tell them about the goodness of God, they'll receive it. Verse 48, in the midst of everything else that was going on, blind Bartimaeus was shouting out from the top of his lungs, and he didn't care what people thought about him. Verse 48 said, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Do you understand that at that moment, if Bartimaeus did not shout out again, if he listened to the crowd, if he followed the, the response of the crowd, telling, to, telling him to be quiet, don't bother Jesus, what are you doing, he's leaving, he doesn't have time for you, telling him to be quiet, if he would have listened to them, he would have missed out on his miracle. What a tragedy. If he listened to them telling him to be quiet, if he listened to the rebuke of the people, he would not have been healed. He would not have received his sight that day. And how many people today do we know give up too soon on God? They miss out on what God has for them because of the persecution, because of the worries, because so-and-so makes fun of them, because they can't handle the pressure from their family. Too many people we've seen come in and out of these doors, in and out of our lives, cannot handle the pressure. And so what do they do? They're like, you know what? Forget it. Jesus isn't that worth it, so I'm just going to go and do my own thing again. They miss out on the miracle of what God wants to do in their life. As we turn to Matthew, chapter 10, chapter 13 rather, I'm sorry, we realize the truth of the matter is that when we preach the gospel, there's four soil, there's four types of soil that that seed falls on. And like I said, it was the condition, the, Bart, the, the Bartimaeus knew his condition that drove him to Jesus. And so there's many lessons that our world, our generation, the lost can learn from that. But we have to continually go forth and preach the gospel and plant the seeds. And as we are planting the seeds, our prayer has to be, Lord, let this fall on fertile soil. Let it fall on fertile ground because we don't want people cutting short, stopping, quitting in the middle of their race and missing out on what God has for them. It is a tragedy that peer pressure and persecution and the worries of this life, and maybe you're one of them today. Maybe you're one of them, you know, and, you're, and you've been struggling in, in your walk with God. And you're like, you know what, when this comes up, I just don't feel like living for Jesus. I want to tell you. Keep on keeping on because your breakthrough will come. You cannot lose your faith in God. He will come first no matter what. And as you keep on shouting, God have mercy. If you keep on shouting, Jesus, I trust in you. If you keep on shouting, Jesus, you're my only way. You are my Savior. In the midst of what everybody else is saying around you, coming against you for your faith in Christ, coming against you for not having the same religion your family has, you will get your miracle. Because Bartimaeus did not listen to the crowd. He was bold. He, did, he was not embarrassed. How embarrassing would you be to stand in the middle of people and just shout, Jesus, have mercy on me. 
He didn't care. He didn't care what the people thought about him. And we need more people like that. This generation cares too much about our image. We care too much about the opinions of other people. And that, uh, and that gets taken into our spiritual walk with Christ. And in Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 18, what Jesus begins to do here is he's explaining to the disciples the parable of the sower. And so when the first, the first type of seed falls on the ground, immediately the evil one snatches it up. So let's start in verse 19. When people hear the message about the kingdom and do not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their hearts. So when you witness, when you tell other people, you have to understand this happens to them. So our prayers, our intercession, when we call forth their name in heaven, we need to pray against that happening because the lack of understanding allows the enemy to come in and take what we've just preached to them. This is a seed sown along the path. Verse 20, the seed falling on rocky ground refers to people who hear the word and at once receive it with joy. We've seen that. People get excited right away. They they, they want to live for God. But what happens? Since they have no roots, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to people who hear the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. We have to pray for the people that we are ministering to all the time. It will never get old to us to intercede for our friends and our family. It will never get old to us for us to pray for the nations. Why? Because we know that there's a devil out there that has blinded their minds and they cannot see the light of the gospel. And we need to be the light in the darkness. 23, but the seed falling on good soil refers to people who hear the word and understand it. They produce a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Bartimaeus not only understood his condition, he understood that Jesus was the healer. He understood Jesus could change his condition and make it better. Why? Because he heard. And our generation is hearing us saying to them, repent and be saved. They will have no excuse on judgment day. They are hearing us say to them, repent Come to Jesus. He died on the cross for you. He wants to give you new life. You must be born again. Religion doesn't get you to heaven. Repent of your pride. Turn from your evil ways. Our generation is hearing about Jesus. And we're showing it displayed in our lives. And that's why we're so, um, we're so hungry for people that live lives of integrity. Because everything that you do, everything that you say reflects on Jesus. If you don't live right, guess who the world takes it out on? Jesus. And it is because of the hypocritical Christians, and I know that you guys have heard this before, it's those hypocrites that malign the word of God and give us a bad name. But we're going to be a part of a generation that's going to rise up and change things. Amen? Hallelujah. Moving to point three on verse 51. As Bartimaeus was calling out to him again, after, after the rebuke, after everybody was telling him to be quiet, Jesus actually called for him. And immediately, what did Bartimaeus do? He gets up, 
he throws off his cloak. And in our day, we can associate that with people, when they come to Jesus, they need to, they need to get rid of some stuff. They need to throw some stuff off that's hindering them from coming to God. So what does Jesus say to him when he comes? What do you want me to do for you? Isn't that funny that Jesus would ask that? I think it would be pretty obvious that this man was blind, don't you think? I mean, if he jumped off on his feet and came to Jesus, don't you think somebody would have to lead him there? I mean, how did he really know where Jesus was? He had to have been led to the feet of Jesus somehow in some way. He couldn't see. But Jesus still decides to ask him, what do you want me to do for you? And that is the question that he's asking our generation. But the problem is they're not crying out to him. They would hear Jesus say that to them if they were the, if they were the ones seeking him. But our generation is looking in all of the wrong places. They have turned to every evil desire. They have turned to all their sinful practices And they're not crying out to Jesus, have mercy on me. But Jesus wants to ask our generation, what do you want me to do for you? Everything that they're filling up in their own life, the hunger, everything that they're using to fill the emptiness, whether it's going clubbing, whether it's having sex, whether it's drinking, whatever it is, that's not the answer. And they don't know their condition, that they are blind, pitiful, poor, wretched, naked. That's what Revelation says. Our condition before God is that we are poor, we are blind, we are naked without God. And it is our responsibility to continue to tell them. And at the same time, we still have people in our generation that are hungry for spiritual things. But again, unfortunately, they're not hungry for Jesus. They don't want the real Jesus, rather. They don't want this Jesus. They want to make up their own Jesus. So for the ones that aren't necessarily turning to sex and drugs and alcohol and all that other stuff, let's see what they are turning to. They're turning to their own New Age philosophies, and they think that they can become their own God, that somehow they're feeding in themselves through their own conscience and saying, you know what, I'm a good person. This spiritual hunger inside of me has to come from somewhere, so maybe I can just fill it with myself. So this new age thinking has infiltrated the world, and it's a nasty disease in our generation, and we need to expose it. And I want to read you something that I found on, on our stats for the new age heresy that's going on in, in our culture today. The new age is definitely a heterogeneous movement of individuals. Most graft some New Age beliefs onto their regular religious affiliation. Recent surveys of U.S. adults indicate that many Americans hold at least some New Age beliefs. 8% believe in astrology as a method of foretelling the future. 7% believe that crystals are a source of healing or energizing power. 9% believe that tarot cards are a reliable base for life decisions. About one in four believe in a non-traditional concept of the nature of God, which are often associated with New Age thinking, which is following. 11% believe that God is, and I quote, a state of higher consciousness that a person may reach. 8% define God as the total realization of personal human potential. 
3% believe that each person is God. So instead of our generation crying out like Bartimaeus did, realizing and understanding their condition, they're turning to the lies of demons. Why? Because the devil has blinded their minds so that they cannot see. And my charge to us as a church is preach, 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 preach until Jesus comes back because we will not get weary in doing good. We will not grow tired. We will not get tired of calling forth their name into the heavenlies and saying, Jesus, save my coworkers, save my mom, save my dad, save my sister. Because if we don't do it, they won't hear. Bartimaeus knew that Jesus can do what he can do in his life, change his condition, heal him, because he heard about Jesus. So as people continue to hear what God is doing in our church, what God is doing in our midst, all the healing, all the people that get set free, what God is doing in your own life personally, changing you from a life of sin, transforming you to having a life of power, it's going to catch on because it's only the beginning. Metro Praise, this March coming up in 2010, we will be celebrating our five-year anniversary. The next five years are going to be just as sweet, if not sweeter, because we are going to break through the, the barriers in the city that the devil has, has set up, and we're going to come against them in Jesus' name. Well, we're going to take back our city for God. We will take back our city for Jesus. In verse 51, in reply, Bartimaeus said, Rabbi, I want to see. Jesus can open the, blind, the, the eyes and the minds of the unbelievers in our generation. He could allow them to see. But in order for them to get to that point, we need to show them. We need to continue to expose the lies of the devil. We need to continue to preach them and let them know the good news of the gospel and let them know that there is a God that saves, that there is a God that heals, a God that can still do miracles, because our response now for our generation, because they can't do it for themselves yet, We're going to stand in the gap and we're going to say, Jesus, we want our generation to see. We want our generation to have the heart of Bartimaeus, that desperation, that knowing, that knowledge of his condition, of his sinful condition, and the physical ailment that he had to turn to you and say, God, have mercy on me. How many of you guys will, will long and are longing for that day when you're preaching the gospel to somebody and just everybody you're preaching to is falling on their knees, just like I said before, and just repenting under the power and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we have a part to play in that, to continue to intercede for our city, to continue to let them know that Jesus is alive. He is the healer. He is our redeemer. He is the only one that can heal our condition. And these are the things that I want us to take away from this scripture. To always remember that when we are preaching, when we are witnessing, we're planting a seed in people's life. And that there is an enemy out there that is trying to steal that seed. We want that seed to fall in fertile soil, in good soil, so that it, it, it brings back um, a multiplication of more souls and more lives changed. So as you continue to stay faithful in your ministries, staying faithful to evangelism, 
staying faithful to the vision of Metro Praise, not only will we see change in Chicago, we will see change in India. We will see change in Pakistan. Pakistan right now is under so much persecution. One of our Metro Praise pastors died last week in a, in a bomb attack. He died. There is no joke what's going on in Pakistan right now. We need our generation to see their condition. And what their condition is is that they're lost. The devil has blinded them. And we need to cry out, Jesus, we want our generation to see. So, Rachel, if you could come on up here with the band. I want us to transition the rest of this time into a worship and intercession time for this city and prepare our hearts for what God is going to do tonight. I wanted this message to be for you today as a church. And if you're not right with God today and you're not saved, you're not living for Jesus, I want to invite you to come to the front because we will pray for you to get right. We will pray that you see Jesus for who he is and that you see yourself for who you really are, that you see your own condition and understand that you are in need of a Savior. With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed right now, before we come on, come on up, if you guys could prepare to sing your, the God of the city. Jesus, we see the condition of our generation. We see their condition, oh God, and they're running to so many other things. They're running to cults and spiritualism, to fortune tellers. They're running to their own fleshly desires. Our generation has turned to violence and homosexuality more than ever before. And Lord, if you were to ask us right now, what do you want me to do for your generation? We would cry out and say, Jesus, we want our generation to see. We want our generation to have the heart of blind Bartimaeus. That when he heard of you, he didn't curse you out because of his condition. He didn't curse you out because he was blind. He said, God, have mercy on me. I want you to think of somebody right now in your mind that may have an attitude that is anti-Christ, that is against God, that is so full of anger. And I want you to just specifically call their name out right now. Say, Jesus, give them the heart that Bartimaeus had. Jesus. Lord, we want our city to say, God, have mercy on me. We don't want to hear the cursings anymore. We don't want to see their pride swell up and say, Jesus doesn't exist. What we want, oh God, is your spirit, your Holy Spirit, to convict them of their sin so that they can be saved from the flames of hell. We want this city to know you, Jesus, to cry out like Bartimaeus did, Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me. And Lord, I pray that we as a church will be faithful to continue to tell them about you. To continue to tell them that you can set them free. 
to continue to let them know that you are the healer, that you can heal their bodies, that you are the God of miracles, that you are the God of the impossible. If you guys could just make your way up to the front. We're going to sing this song prophetically over our city, prophetically over every person we've ever witnessed to on the streets, wherever you have ever gone, in your workplace, your neighbor right across the hall. I want us to sing this song prophetically that Jesus is the Lord of this city, the God of this nation, and the devil and the gates of hell will not prevail over the church of Jesus Christ. No weapon against us will prosper. Nothing that comes against us will, will, will win out on what God promised to do in us and through us for our city. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you for your word. We thank you, oh God, that you don't want us to get weary. You don't want us to get weary in doing good because at a certain time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And I want you guys all across this place to make a declaration to Jesus today. I'm not giving up, Jesus. I'm not giving up until my generation sees their condition. I'm not going to give up preaching the gospel. Even if they spit in my face, they can continue to curse me out. I will not stop. I will not give up. I will not grow tired and weary, Jesus, in doing good because I know we will reap a harvest of souls. Oh God, we want our generation to cry out. We want our generation to cry out and say, I want to see Jesus give me my sight back.